0: Welcome everybody to the third episode of Archetype Influencers, the show where I talk to people who are only known for playing one deck. And this week I have uh, my friend Ape of Justice, you might have seen him on the Moto Charts, James, uh, welcome James, thanks for coming on. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me, it's this is, this is fun, I love talking about uh, magic and doing all
0: of that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this week we'll, we'll be talking about James' uh, favorite deck, Doomsday and I know a lot of people don't really know, or I would imagine a lot of people don't really know much about Doomsday, although they probably know the card. If they play Commander, they might know about the card through Commander. Um, how about we start with telling us what exactly Doomsday aims to do in Legacy?
1: So, in Legacy, Doomsday is very much a combo deck. It is, it, it is hot. It is basically a storm deck which uses just, instead of maybe Past in Flames as an engine or Adnause as an engine. It uses Doomsday to set up um, other cards that just dig into a specific set of cards to uh, to win the game. Um, so it's because because it doesn't have quite the expensive mana requirements that something like Past in Flames or Nauseum has, it's a it's I mean Doomsday is a three drop. It can operate on slightly fewer resources, but in general, they, they play fairly similarly, but can have... Because, and because of the low resource amount, it can sometimes um, squeeze out wins in different ways and play surprisingly differently. Right, so right. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a storm deck at it, its heart.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I've I've sort of taken the liberty of watching a little bit of Doomsday because I didn't know much about... Like I said, I've, I've played it in EDH, um, but I didn't really know much about it in and, and Legacy. How would you say that... Um, I don't know, what do you think your sort of draw to it versus like Ant or Tess or any other like Storm decks like maybe Belcher or whatever because Doomsday might have a little bit more vibes towards that end of the spectrum than, than Tess but it sure. does certainly play a little bit um, in, in the mix with the other decks. So how, how do you sort of come to being uh, a, a player who plays Doomsday all the time?
1: I mean, it, it kind of starts because it's just a cool card. It is a cool um, card. If you've ever, if you've if you've ever been at side events at a GP, and just announced, okay, I'm going to cast a Doomsday, the both tables either side of you will just stop both of what they're doing and be like, oh my goodness, that's so cool! I can't believe this is happening, <laughs> and it's great, and it's great. Um, it's fun. It's it's not easy mode magic, which isn't, which is partly why as well. Um, I've played a lot of, and I've played a fair bit of the Epic Storm as well um they they don't really kind of the games once you're used to a matchup, don't don't kind of hold the allure that and the funness i suppose that uh hmm. i find from playing doomsday and yeah it, it's it's just a cool card man
0: yeah I, love I, it. I like when you said that you know if you're going to an event and you it, you know, say, "Oh, here's uh, I don't know, Dark Rachel Doomsday." Everyone just starts to look at you because I've <laughs> I've definitely had that. I think the it was, oh man, I think it was 2016 or 2017. It was a Star City DC, and I had a Legacy. It was either Legacy Open, but I had definitely Legacy side events there. It was a Legacy um, Sunday okay. one day, and in that I was playing Black Green Pox. I was playing Two Chains. And I just played, I was That's like, sweet. uh, here's, like, turn one, like, Dark Ritual, Dark Ritual, Liliana of the Veil, Chains of Mathistopheles. It was, like, the nuts. <laughs> and that, like, yeah, that, it that was... Sounds, that sounds pretty hot. Yeah, it was the same sort of reaction for, like, both the people on my side, they were like, what the fuck is going on? And the person in front of me was like, I have no idea what that card does. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was feel like might Itali- be, like, a common Italian, thing. Italian, so you had to be like, judge, we need, we need this. <laughs> right, or... I think that might be a common thing for you, where it's like, I don't really know exactly what doomsday does <laughs> yeah so
1: so i've actually i've actually built doomsday a couple of times i, ha- I did sell out of it once um and when i w- when i had the previous previous iteration of, of my cards i had it entirely japanese oh, so I, i've actually got some good stories <laughs> i've got i've got i've got a couple friends who were who are judges here in the uk scene and you know they judge a fair few to- legacy tournaments that i've been to and um round one of gp birmingham because i didn't have any buys because i'm a filthy scrub nice. um round one of gp birmingham last year 2018 that would be i uh i got judge called and it was this friend of mine that came that ended up chance coming over and giving us the oracle text of doomsday and as soon as she saw that it was it was me at the table she already had a phone out looking up the text she knew it was <laughs> great <laughs> um yeah yeah no it's de- there's definitely there's definitely a bit of a, a bit of a fun wow factor and that's that's
0: always an appeal yeah that, that's that's definitely a, a a big draw and i know some of it like just th- those combo decks it's like oh well Tess is like playing you know all, all these goblins or like like storm might be just like oh storming off in the face of like adversity or show and tell is like putting in a big fucking emerald or putting in omniscience and just winning the game like i know these combo decks tend to have um probably a lot more definitive draw then I would say yeah. like Delver or something because you don't go in Delver like hey man I like playing a 3-2 in Legacy for one mana which I mean that is ostensibly what it is but people don't really go into playing Delver because of that fact
1: yeah it feels a lot like in Legacy a combo deck if it's not doing something big and flashy it doesn't work because because you've got to, you've got to be so heavily impactful that you instantly win the game with your combo or your opponents at insurmountable odds
0: Right, right, like, and, and that, that's and, kind of and how And so, would... so that
1: is certainly a draw to people playing combo in Legacy as well, because just, just generally, I can certainly see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that, that's kind of what I would do with, like, a, you know, I mentioned I, was Pox. I used to play Pox a lot, and that was kind of the thing. Where it was like, well, Pox isn't necessarily a combo deck. I mean, it's really a prison deck, it's the stack deck, but, like, there was – there were combos in the deck where it was like you would just do something on like you would turn with Liliana, you would, you know you would turn to you know chains or whatever, and it would just be like all right, well let's just go to the next game because like I can't win, your opponent can't win.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Not. No.
0: Um, so yeah, let's let's talk more about the deck just specifically. So I, I don't know um if you know the history of the deck, but if you do, tell me about the history of the deck, or you can just tell me about your history of the deck and sort of when you started playing. I, I think we know about the appeal to, for uh, the appeal to you. From it but um tell me about like the history of the deck your history with the deck what have you done um and, and sort of you know from that beginning point to
1: now right yeah sure so doomsday started out always it was it was always a combo deck i mean it's been it's been banned and restricted in legacy and vintage in the past and since since it's been unbanned entirely in both and um and the first the first kind of actual combo sequence i'm i am aware of to have worked with doomsday that instantly won the game once you started acting it instead of being like a slow setup um to to the best of my knowledge was that you use ancestral to draw into a line a black lotus um lion's eye diamond cantrip gush um no cantrip and um mind's desire and then you have your last card as the beacon of destruction so it's a for those who don't know it's an instant um, deals five damage to target creature or player it definitely shoots players and then it shuffles back into your library so you can recast it with each resolution of the mind's desire because it's the only card left in your deck that's the idea so you always flip it five them, four and and that sequence of plays would already get you four storm to 20 of them To my to my knowledge, that was the first kind of true Doomsday combo pile Mm. that was started. And since then, um, combo decks in generally throughout Magic has type one point five, and then Legacy um, developed, changed, and then um, Doomsday is one of the few decks that kept kind of the original nomenclature of its name, where it's DDFT, and and that's Doomsday Fetchland tendrils, because it was was what was a storm deck. And combo decks back then would be largely pivotal on Rainbow lands like City of Brass and Gemstone Mine. And and it, they'd be really, they'd have a very aggressively detrimental mana basis for a long game. Mm-hmm. And then Onslaught was Block was out, and people were like, wait, we just play Fetchlands and Legacy Duels, and suddenly we, we can cantrip and play a long game into our and and we don't need to be so worried about all of the about dying to having to use our city of brass six times yeah it's yeah. like just a red deck um so that's kind of where where some terms like fetch tendrils came from and and so ddft kind of kept that um and now it's certainly it certainly had a lot of iterations um and it's been hit by a few bannings the mostly bannings which it was not his fault it was not its own fault, um, such as like Sensei's Divining Top joke from the Miracles era. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember, I, I remember that banning very well.
1: Played, <laughs> anyone who had played with Doomsday and Miracles in those days, I, I promise you, Doomsday abused Top more than Miracles did. But it wasn't the contender. Because, like like that that specific build of the deck was insane. It had. I, I don't. It had these these tables of just sp- piles of situations that you can win the game from if you have X Y Z, and you've got to learn maybe one hundred and fifty of them to be able to play the deck, average. Which is which is just absurd.
0: Yeah, that that and, seems and, like a pretty big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that. That was where a lot of the allure came from with Doomse because it was, it was this deck which was so ridiculously and unnecessary complex almost unnecessarily complex to win the game. Just to do it just to do it facilitating this one card. Which whilst sure, I mean there are piles which allow you to win the game through say a gag teague next to no extra cost, but is like messy. Or um which, you know, obviously things like and would really struggle to without much main deck removal, which is why Doomsday classically with Sensei's Divining Top played things like Chain of Vapor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Top got banned. And
0: Don't get me started on that. That
1: was that was actually not about where I started playing the deck, unfortunately. I, I missed the I missed the Sensei's Top era.
0: Missed the glory days.
1: because um, I only started playing Magic doing uh i believe born of the gods was the standard format as i started um mm-hmm. so i've not been the longest longest player but it's been it's been almost almost five and a half years almost six years no and, i mean
0: um, uh, not to interrupt you but like i i know a lot of people that have started playing in that um rtr theros sort of like time frame like the pioneer time frame i guess that you know since pioneers out is that like the beginning of pioneer i know basically most of my like magic friends started playing during that that time frame
1: yeah no i like that was when it really kind of exploded in my into my local area um also i happened to be leaving home and going to university and having a student loan which i ridiculously threw away on magic cards and buying sealed boxes and cracking and thinking it was great value. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, I was a uh, wee summer child. But, um, no. Um, and, and I mean, I quickly fell out of any interest in playing Abzan Mirrors in Standard and all of that and went to Modern and then eventually went to Legacy because down in Bristol in where I was playing, there was a there's a really really healthy legacy scene, and um and then mix with the South of Wales and some of the south south and of London and hmm. uh, and the UK, um, and generally the UK legacy scene is also is just just pretty pretty good, um, and people know each other and travel around and lend cards really well, and there's there's a good there's a good vibe all there, and um so I started like I can even remember now the first time I got to borrow a legacy deck it was Infect no it wasn't what am I saying it was Affinity (laughs) (laughs) a little different yeah a touch different but I I won my first ever legacy match against Blue White Miracles um, with like Top and all that by uh, going to turns game 2 after I won game 1 and getting my opponent for the 10th point of Infect damage with a 1-1 Ink Moth Nexus Oh, I, I, I can really remember that quite well. That was that was good fun, um, and like s- stupid busted magic is is always what's... I, I just want to feel something when I'm playing legacy, and I can't do that by playing a Delver sequence, you know? Sure, yeah. So, so that that definitely led me to uh to want to play a combo deck, and and the kind of like whispers of Doomsday reached my ears and. And beckoned me like a cartoon character in the smell of a pie <laughs> steam just floating through a window. And, it carried you off, and here I am. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. And so, all right, So I. So I. I kind of got into Doomsday. Um. Pretty. Pretty gradually. Um. Once I. It happens that I was chatting with. One of the people who started the Doomsday um, Wiki, and um, he, he also, just dropped some knowledge on me not even know never, that existed. Well, yeah, and, and although I had never met him, he also lived in Bristol whilst I was at university there, which is which is hilarious. <laughs> um, and so, like, I regularly still go and visit him when we hang out and play Legacy tournaments when it's going on down there, um, even now. And. And uh, we kind of got chatting and went to some tournaments and I, I, the, my intention was always to get into playing Storm of some variant because it's, it, it just is the kind of magic I like to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's so interactive, but people don't realize that because unfortunately they just die to it, <laughs> if, it if it gets them.
0: Well, the thing is, it's interactive then, for one person.
1: Well, like in the same way that mono red is interactive for one person. Yeah. Legacy Legacy combo decks are just the aggro decks of other formats. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> I don't think you're it's, wrong. It, because uh, I, I've got a lot of thoughts about this, but I could I could, I could probably just start waffling and not saying a lot. Um,
0: give me your thoughts, man. This is your this is your time to, to speak. <laughs> give me thoughts on the deck, right? Well, all right.
1: Yeah. Um, and. And well, I I mean, I got really into it. I was playing probe. Probe eventually got banned as well, and yeah, that that was a real nail in the coffin.
0: That was um, the same. Thought Bior? the deck was dead.
1: I don't know when that was. Well, significantly was significantly worse than uh than Sensei's top going, because Sensei's top was like y- you abuse the hell out of that card, but it it wasn't a free spell that dug you into your piles and you could also cast from your piles mm-hmm. so probe enabled lab man wins um incredibly easily and like turn one kills i mean they they were about i think they were about about at 12 or 15 percent usually um, to have a turn one kill and then that dropped to maybe like four or five percent because you need you now need like a six card hand specifically with, like, Lotus Petals and stuff and cantrips to be able to start going into your pile. Um, Yeah, And that's just just pretty unreasonable, even though there is a fair bit of redundancy in the deck. Um, Right, because it's different than,
0: like, Show & Tell, because, like, Show & Tell you can just have, like, Ancient Tomb Lotus Petal for your one-pit, two-generic mana spell, whereas Doomsday, you've got the black, black, black.
1: Yeah, you you basically need to Dark Ritual into it. Like, Dark Ritual Doomsday is, oh, it's the creme de la creme. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like they're made for each other. Like it makes triple black one drop, boom, you're done. That's the um, epitome
0: of of dark ritual storm.
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's it, they 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 feel like they were made to be together. Um, and yeah, it was. It, but this pro band was was her, and we tried we tried a lot in the uh in in the wake of that and. We tried using draw four cards like Cool Bargain and Infernal Contract. Um, we almost got to what, what would probably be considered a a reasonable deck, like tier four reasonable deck. Like it could it could beat other decks. It's never going to be a contender, right? Um, and then and then one of one of my friends from there, Reverse Mermaid, his handle. um... Just got really drunk one night after Experimental Frenzy had been released in, in Guilds of Raven. Oh yes, and I was like, you, where you know
0: this
1: what? Is going. <laughs> and, I, and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to test this, and it turns out um, Experimental Frenzy is exactly what the deck needed to be mm-hmm. able to function. Now, now Doomsday operates as a Doomsday is, is kind of the the namesake of it, but. Real card that wins games is experimental frenzy. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely insane what 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 you can do with that. I mean, you can you know, we now have a way to go infinite once frenzy is resolved in multiple manners. Um, so if I if if I just explain it, so if if you have an experimental frenzy in play, your lines eye diamonds, even though you cut like you discard your hand, but who cares? You can't cast things from your hand. So suddenly they turn mm. into a black lotus which draws you a card. I hear, I hear that's probably pretty good. You've got yeah. petals, <laughs> also just like zero mana, free mana, which digs you through your deck. Brainstorms can set up the top of your deck so you can control what's there. We play Lindul's Vault now, which you can find it. You've got sometimes you just like play a frenzy. Oh, there's an LED on top. Underneath that's Doomsday, which the LED casts. And it's and then so so the main setup would be. after after you've resolved a Doomsday, the easy easy go-to pile is three Lion's Eye Diamonds, a Tendrils of Agony, and another Doomsday underneath. So you can make... You halve your life total with the Doomsday. Then you make nine mana, Tendrils of them, with four of that. So you go up life after halving it from your Doomsday. So you're profiting on life. And the nine mana from the three LEDs will pay for the next pile which you set up with the with the last card being the doomsday. So that is an infinite loop that you can get infinite storm, infinite life, infinite damage.
0: Because Doomsday takes from your library and your graveyard.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So we haven't actually we haven't actually said what the card Doomsday does. Well um, yeah, um, I, I, I so guess
0: if we're yeah. assuming people don't know it might be good to read yeah, them the yeah, card. Yeah
1: <laughs> of course, of course, of course. So so the Oracle text um it, it's a black 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 sorcery. Um, originally printed in Weatherlight. Um, it says it now says search your library and graveyard for five cards and exile the rest. Put the chosen cards on top of your library in any order. You lose half your life, rounded up. So you do die if you cast this at one life.
0: That's true. Um, Gotta be at least two. But
1: yes. Yeah. That's that's another secret people don't get. You actually get doomsday's in a nineteen life deck, um, <laughs> which is which is which is a cute little note, but. Yeah often often doesn't come up i have i have had to try and tendrils to get my life back up up enough to then cast a doomsday and go for the kill um
0: that, that's, that, that's going that's deep. a
1: very rare situation <laughs> obviously, obviously when you play it when you play enough games you're going to come up into into wonky wonky scenarios which you weren't meant to be in right um so what and then um once, once we people started testing out what what Reverse Mermaid had, had done with this experimental frenzy deck, I been like, "Yeah, this is this is this is the new hotness. This is this is it." And War of the Spark came out, and Jace Wielder of Mysteries has also been released. Mm-hmm. And now that's a lab man, which sure costs one more, but it can't be got by Swords to Plowshares. It's a
0: million times harder it to kill.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so much more resilient. Can't be bolted. Right. Can't be <laughs> pinged off by a GTA that's on the board on two counters. Oh, it's and so good. Also, also has the cantrip on itself, and impacts the game when you play it, even if you're not trying to win. It's, it's, it's an incredible release for the for the deck as well. So together, those have really brought the kind of deck to the forefront. And after. After War of the Spark came out, I was I got I spiked one of the legacy challenges with uh, during the testing phase phase of um, of the London Mulligan, mm-hmm. which was which was a lot of fun, and I managed to come sixth during one of in, in a reasonable I think it was like one hundred and twenty seven people, so it was a pretty big sized challenge. Yeah, yeah. And um. And that that really kind of made us realize that we could really kind of kind of be back and since then i've been trying to trying to work on doomsday and tweaking it and and working around the matchups because it's 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 so such a low resource deck for a storm deck to be that you can really metagame it quite well and the fact that it's almost five rank Pyrrhic tutors stapled together means that even just singleton additions to the deck really can make a big difference and it's it's a lot of fun to theory craft the deck building idea of doomsday not just playing it as well mm-hmm.
0: yeah so and,
1: that's
0: yeah that's, and, that's, that's and, my whole lot of it
1: yeah <laughs> you, that, you
0: kind of awesome. you've kind of started going into it but f- officially go into more about like the strengths and weaknesses you know matchups in cards and, and whatnot so i know one that you I'm mentioned sure that whenever I look at these deck lists, I'm just like, man, I can't stand this card. It's a Limdol's Vault. I, I actually right. hate that card. I think that card is one of the worst cards you're playing. <laughs> I think that's such a bad idea, and I don't know why you play it, so d- just lecture me on why Limdol's Vault is cease play in that deck.
1: So it sees play because Experimental Frenzy's in the deck. If without that, if without that, it wouldn't be in there. It's it's obvious card disadvantage. It's pretty expensive for it's what it so does. so bad. Um... <laughs> The, the, the deck already has an intention of hurting itself a fair bit. but the there's there's been quite a lot of, of maths done behind setting up with Limdor's vaults and you like you're able to move if, if you just start looping through your deck more than one time, you can start rearranging cards from different groups of five into each other. So I can move a Doomsday from one group of five into the next and set it with the LED that's there, and set up a win going through like that. It's it's by far not the best card in the deck, but it can it is the one card that can dig you out of almost any scenario um, because it, it it you could you get to look at an insane amount of cards and the amount of mana and explosive loss the cards like experimental frenzy can give you when you set up the top five cards of your deck is is insane yeah so so that would i would i would have to say that's probably the the main justification behind it
0: yeah i i mean i think those are good points i don't know if i would ever play it just because i'm personally not a big fan of it but you do make some good points on why it's played what i know you mentioned a second ago about it being really good Meta, like it's a good meta pick. It's a good, like, because uh, you can play all these singletons and whatnot. Because you have Lim-Dull's Vault, you have Doomsday, you have all these um, cards. Because the core of your deck is the same, you know. That's four LED, four Frenzy, four Dark Rite, four Doomsday. You know, like that. That core, that's the same. And then your yeah. Doomsday pile, and you can just add. I mean, what is that? You have twenty lands. I don't know how many lands you play, but you have.
1: Um, at the moment we're looking between between fourteen and fifteen lands.
0: Right, so you're playing because like, because
1: 15...
0: land, obviously.
1: Yeah, go ahead. So obviously hitting lots of lands is, is is awful when you're just trying to just trying to kind of surf off through a frenzy mm-hmm. and see where you where you go.
0: Yeah, so so you're playing fifteen um, lands. You have this like twenty ish card core, and you have your five cards for your Tombstay pile. That's a ton of flex slots after all that. That's a ton.
1: It, no, it really is, and I mean it, it is it is a pretty comparable. Pretty comparable to vintage, um, vintage decks, because it's it's got it's got so many cantrips. It's just such an efficient deck at digging through it, what it what it can do, and it, it, it's playing usually between twelve and twelve and fourteen cantrips. Um, so you you really do you, you find you'll find your edges as well, um, mm-hmm. which is also why you can cut down a little bit on the on the mana base.
0: Yeah and that that was also the problem you've got, you've for hand... There's also a the problem for like uh standard mono red when frenzy was being played a lot more last season before throne came out. That was sort of the problem is like how many lands do we really want to play? Because you want to have two lands in your opener and you want to get the four to cast frenzy, but then after that you never want to see another land.
1: Yeah, oh absolutely. And um well that's sort of similar to oh. Not one, not wanting to get too much into it, but that's 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 one of the reasons why I think Arena's kind of weird with the way its sh- its Mulligan decisions are made because it gives yeah. you options of multiple hands, but so so you can I th- there was like an eight land or like twelve land mono red deck in that format because Arena fa- Mulligan decisions facilitated it, which mm-hmm. didn't feel right, but I understand. You play the game that's given to you, not the game
0: that you want to play. Right, right. You you play the hand you're dealt, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I, I know that... I, and I want to get more on this topic about it being a meta deck, because that, that to me is incredibly like, of
1: course, yeah.
0: fascinating. Because I know in Modern, I always play a, a meta deck. I play a Restore Balance in Modern. I have for a very long time, because I think for a very long time, including right now, Restore Balance is great against the top tier decks, right? The the top three to four decks. Right? And I'll I'll relate this back to I guess pre-war, where the best decks were Tron, Phoenix, and Humans. Yes, yes. And Restore Balance sure. just wiped the fucking floor with all three of those. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I can see
1: I can see how that works, yeah. Yeah.
0: But it lost like literally every tier two deck. Like it got its ass kicked by Jun, it would get its ass kicked by Storm it would just, like, lose all those other decks. So, like, this this um, kind of concept of, like, what makes a meta deck and what meta decks are, are very good is always interesting to me. And um, Doomsday is definitely one of those. So, if I was um, GP oh, Atlanta, it, GP Atlanta just happened a, a month or so ago. And I know being in, in, in and around Atlanta, the greater Atlanta area, the, one of the things that if, if I would have gone to Atlanta, I would have been preparing for was the best deck, which is No Bad Cards Rug, or at the Atlanta special, which was Depths. And if I was going in that, and I was playing a, a, a deck that had a lot of meta choices, I would want to sort of aim my deck to beat those in the main, because those two were gonna be the highest percentage played and low and halt they were. So tell me more about like this sort of like meta shape and, and, and sort of like how you, what, what cards you can cycle through for different matchups and like what comes to mind.
1: Well, one of the, one of the deck's best matchups Far, far away is Grixis control. You, you just, you just, you just stomp them. It's a buy because, like, yeah, no. If I, I mean, I mean, it's probably. I don't want to say it's probably like a like a, like a free win because I've I've certainly lost quite a few free wins in my time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but especially against, I, I, like, it's probably even more favourable than lands and goblins game one like and those those are bad games against combo because they don't do anything to you once you resolve a frenzy and mm-hmm. you top deck and draw into you, you have you have up to nine pieces of hand disruption so forcing through that is so easy like getting past like their permission you can, yeah to resolve to resolve your frenzy it's all about resolving a frenzy in this matchup realistically Because uh, yeah, yeah. once once you've done that they don't clock you and and it's just there, um, and so you, you've got the hand disruption. You've got the cantrips to find all of your pieces. You can just start making land drops and and, and get get resources and just just pile up. And it's 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 actually you, you don't quite see that they don't attack you at all in the axis that needs to. Him to Torak does nothing against you realistically in that for, in that matchup. Because they don't, they just can't back it up with pressure. The only the only good hymn to deck, I would say, against Doomsday with frenzy Doomsday, um, is probably Bug Delver,
0: hmm.
1: because they've at least got the pressure to support it, and and the deck the deck top decks well enough, um, and has enough really explosive action to just be able to pull out of out of some pretty heavy defeats. And I mean, Grixis doesn't really wasteland you at all. So, you can you, you can you can play. You don't need to.
0: You can be greedy. Pussy
1: footing around around the chances of that too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. What uh do you have any sort of like analysis against like? Well, I guess, I guess rug isn't so big deal. We're recording this after um uh red and six just got banned for a little bit of transparency. So I mean I guess rug might not be the biggest deal, but you know you sort of like your Delver shell matchups, which all sort of operate in the same way for the most yeah, part. of course
1: they do. Unfortunately, Delver's t- classically quite a bad matchup. Um, mm, yeah, their their soft permission does make it hard um, to to really get anything properly going because um, because you're such a Xeroxy deck, you don't have quite as much redundancy to be able to fight through the th- the third days, the second spell Pierce, and the force of will. You know. Um, so you can you can you can get the second piece you can try and start comboing a second time if you can't get if they have that one off counter that you had to hope they didn't have or something yeah to try and combo off.
0: because i would but imagine up. even in the board they're, they're keeping an all but eight but they're free still they're, st-
1: they're still threeing you a turn with the delver or or, mm-hmm. or, or fighting you with a big fish and and so delvers delvers classically a hard matchup so i I would typically be running in my sideboards at least three empty the Warrens just just for that matchup. It's it's really that bad. Um, but fortunately now as we say Ren 6 is gone. So Right. We can probably start trying to look elsewhere to the format. I can see the format divulging back to being a miracles Grixis kind of counteract counteract um, kind of control decks which are the best ones as before. I think um, I could settle there although, yeah. Um like snow is still four color snow is still a deck. Mm-hmm. Probably? Do we think without I, I I haven't actually thought too much about this about you, you still have six,
0: a, you still have astrolabe and that's still a very powerful thing to do.
1: Yeah, that, that that was kind of my thinking. So there's there's even another contender with other upsides to playing um Playing multiple colors enables uh, us to support the mana base as well.
0: Yeah, because that basically um, gives you access to red as a, or what, what does Strifeo not play? Stryfo doesn't play red, right?
1: Yeah, he's, a, he's he plays punishing fire Dak.
0: Okay, so he doesn't play he, so, he doesn't play so white then.
1: No, he doesn't. He doesn't play
0: white. I I think that that four color snow could give you access to white sands, like red or sands black, black or, or some mm-hmm. different sort of pile than like, the classic Strifeo you know check pile.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I know. I know Das has been doing what, is it, what he calls Snow White. So it's the four color no black deck, It's mm-hmm. kind of like a a four color snow based miracles um, with Teferi fairy three and and other sort such obnoxious cards and, and playing Coco <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. and um, Terminus and all all of that sort of the whole the whole shebang of busted cards because. I tell you, Astrolabe and Oko turning it into a 3 3 looks pretty good. Oh,
0: yeah. You get that free draw, and then turn two comes around, and you don't have a 3 3 and you're not down in cards. Oh.
1: Yeah, right? It's pretty it's
0: good. That's hot.
1: So so I can certainly see there's, there's a few contenders for the top deck, and they're all probably going to be vying for the better grind against each other, which is where the Doomsday decks and Storm decks will really spike you along with, like, Dredge. So, I, yeah, I was, tell- I was telling one of my friends what's going to happen. It's immediately going to divulge to of Control. Then Miracles is going to take over. There's going to be a fight between those two. Delver might pop up occasionally. Reanimator is going to be annoying. And then Del- then Dredge is going to spike a challenge twice in a row and people will realise they're going to have to respect the graveyard again. That's... And then Chalice decks might sometimes pop up. But I- I- honestly, I- I'm not sure. As long as we've got Oko, how long Chalice decks are in the
0: format? I think that Chalice decks can will still pop up if four-color snow becomes a default top-tier deck, like at least at least one or one and a half. Um, I think as long as people are respecting four-color, you know, astralade-based decks, I, I think that Chalice will still have a place in the format. I think um, as long as two-color Delver, either U-white or is um, it Delver uh, as either. Uh, if either of those are seeing play, I think Chalice still exists in the format. But I think you're right that with Oko existing at all, the fact that you know it's there sort of kind of weans away people wanting to play Chalice.
1: Mm-hmm. And like classically, Eldrazi Zombie was the was was the big killer of like miracles, even during like the top time. And that was that was what made the deck come, become become into the format because people wanted to just have something to crush them and I don't care what else What else it beats
0: because hmm. um, yeah, that, that's sort of like the start. meta position where it's like well you know you're going into a meta with so many miracles players it's like why would you just not play a deck that has a good miracles matchup it doesn't matter what other matches you can just squeak out wins even if you have close to 50-50 or even like 45-55 you're slightly unfavored as long as your miracles matchup is like, like favored at least you're still going to be doing a good job and that's the deck that you should be picking
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I think I can I mean, see it still in Not- Fort Not- Fort is still a still a good card against against Delver as well. It's it's still pretty huge.
0: Uh, turn um, two four mana uh, cards are bonkers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so- but getting back to Doomsday as well, it used to be that it was a Burning Wish target, uh, deck, so it did allow you to kind of play much more of a sideboard styled game even in game one and be able to eke out eke out game ones far more consistently even against like prison and chalice decks and all of that because you could just wish for a by force or wish for a pulverise and destroy everything and then combo off a turn later. Um obviously wish cards don't play particularly effectively with um experimental frenzy when your hand's turned off. <laughs> and right. so the deck has has fallen to being the more aggressive combo deck as well. So it, it has lost some of its old, true powerful versatility. But mm. ha- we, we have since included, realized, Collective Brutality does a very good impression of a Tendrils of Agony when you can loop it, and you can still go infinite using that instead of a Tendrils.
0: Collective Whilst also Brutality. also having access.
1: Which one is that one? Um, It is the uh, Escalate card from Eldritch Moon in black where it has a almost duress effect, where it takes an instant of sorcery. It has a drain your opponent for two, or it gives target creature minus two, minus two. And to escalate it, you discard a card, but you're very rarely doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I see it. Because you can see
1: Because you can infinitely drain your opponent, because if you halve your life, but you're going from two to four to back to two to four to two to four, or one to three to one to three. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and it also is a way to remove Thalias. It's a way to remove Gaddaeqs, game one. And I've re- and we have since been cutting Tendrils. Well, a couple of us have. Um, obviously, the Doomsday community is not a vast, vast array of, of people like, say, the Ant community or <laughs> right. just Control. Right. Um, <laughs> a lot more when, niche when I there. Say we, when I say we, there's maybe a baker's dozen of us like, <laughs> playing this deck, um, yeah. religiously. Um, but we, we I mean we, we're just starting to realise that Tendrils is probably the worst card in the deck because it, it does nothing until you win with it. Right. So so why not have something that functionally wins in an identical way when you're going infinite for instance but also can duress your opponent or kill their Thalia. So, so it, 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 felt, it felt like a pretty, pretty good and that that's that's really made some some powerful piles able to come up as well. Um where you, or for instance I've been able to use it to kill a threating revoker on my LEDs, then Doomsday again and be able to then go and keep on using it. Um mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of versatility being able to have a wimp on that's a pretty 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 brilliant removal spot.
0: Yeah, that, that's real interesting hearing about sort of like a challenge to the core of a deck because um, I'm going to bring this back to Pox because that's the deck I've played for a long time and I put a lot of effort into that. So in the Pox community, what sort of happened after, I'll be, I'll be a little brief, but what sort of happened after war was I started trying to tackle the fact that what we were doing wasn't getting done, right? There, there were way better aggro decks. And, and we were just sitting at like a tier three spot at best. And it was like, there was no going up from it. As long as people were still playing these legends, like prison versions of the deck. Um, Chalice was getting worse. You had stuff like Icy Manipulator, but you really didn't want to play that. Um, you had people trying to Rishnam You had people trying like chains in the main, like pair of chains, three chains. And what we were doing just wasn't working. So it was sort of like, there was this challenge Um, I know me and the person that kind of runs it, uh, his name is Inverted Ninja, at least on Discord and Reddit, and then Travis Parsley, who's the Legacy Pit. Um, We all sort of challenged the form in these different ways, and uh, one of the things that was sort of come up with was um, Planeswalker, sort of based like Liliana uh, the Last Hope, Liliana the Veil, uh, Davriel, and um, the Drain to elder spell elder spell and elder spell was sort of uh in there as well as so you can pump up your planeswalkers so it's planeswalker control and then um i advocated for real big fish and tomb stalker in the main over um whatever bad creature we were playing at the time because tomb stalker is just real big fish that can playing kill delver. yeah i was but i mean th- th- that definitely was the advocacy for playing tomb stalker at all because we had such a bad delver matchup like most of like the lower tier decks at that point, you know, post-war that was, you know, Delver was the best deck still. I mean, Delver is usually the best deck, but it was definitely the best deck then. and had a really bad Delver matchup. Tombstalker um, was a card that could block Delver favorably, and it wasn't impossible for us to cast. So I really enjoy hearing about your sort of challenge to the forms. like, maybe we just don't need tendrils. Maybe we can just play this card that does a thing, but a little bit better all the time.
1: I really like. I, I really like hearing that. Actually, like I'm, I'm thinking about a smallpox on your side, though, definitely fuels your own tombstalkers very well. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and yeah. you also have you know wastelands. Um, I, I was playing. I was still playing Crucible, so you know you had Crucible lock that would just terrorize them. Um, you, you had a smallpox. Uh, I was playing, still playing Dark Ritual in the main, so you had ways to fuel it out that way. And you don't always have to delve you know you don't Not always awesome. have to cast it for two you can go uh here's a dark ritual i'll pay f- you know i'll tap these four lands and i have five and i'll delve these two cards out of my life out of my graveyard here's a tomb stalker and that that put out some pretty it's nice you know, when
1: dark ritual adds four mana
0: right right and and that's a, that's a nice way to you know sort of do it so i i like hearing about like these the way i guess sort of the future of the art type to kind of um, go into our last third of the podcast, like sort of this challenge to the form and like where you go, well, Tendrils is really great at winning the game, but it's not really great at interacting it at any other point. It's really great when you're winning, but that's about it. It might be good for holding on to your life total against Delver in the early game, but that's pretty much about it. Whereas you have um, Collective Brutality, which it does so much. It's another um, thought seize effect. Well, it's a Duress effect, but it's another Hand Disruption effect. Um, it's a kill spell, and it's a wincon all in one card so it's it might not be as good as tendrils at the end but it's better all around than tendrils ever would be and I just like hearing that's about exactly that
1: that's exactly and and with with the kind of gift of Jace Wielder of Mysteries um allowing to have another wincon which then also will bypass the graveyard the the necessity for tendrils is it has really really gone hmm. um like there's, I, I, I the last last three lists I've been playing it, I, I've played like that I've tweaked around with, haven't even had one in the seventy five, and honestly it's just not even been a problem. Oh wow! It's, it's, it's I mean the, because the thing is the games, sure you can be like well I can cast a mini tendrils to against my burn opponent so I can go up to like eight life instead of being on three because they've got an idol on out, but I mean you're still probably losing that game. Hmm. And and the number of the number, I don't think because you've got to spend so many resources and as I said Doomsday isn't is a deck where it's it's Xeroxy, but because of that it's less redundant. Right. So so you can't afford to do things like like try and cast your cute mini tendrils against a Delver player to then survive two more turns because two more turns is going to be nothing. Yeah. Because you're still gonna, you're still going to die then. So, yeah. so the, the corner cases that you think of still don't lead to a favorable position. Mm. So it just gets cut.
0: Yeah, that, that's really interesting to hear because, like I said, I hadn't heard that, about that from any other archetype that's sort of like challenging the form because um, for any of you that have listened to my other podcasts um, so far, this mini series, we've had um, Goblins, and Goblins isn't really cutting Aether vial anytime soon, and we've had Maverick, which Maverick isn't really cutting Knight. I guess the biggest thing I could think about Maverick was the cutting of Mom for Giver of Runes. And that was sort of necessitated by a meta change, not necessarily like an internal um, sort of like, what can we be doing better? And rather than just like a meta change, like Ren and Six is killing our moms or whatever, but it doesn't kill Giver. So that, that kind of stuff is, is really yeah. interesting. Um, I, know so. I, I know we just had this BNR, where um Renisek's got banned i mentioned that is there any other sort of like um ways that you think that the meta can open up to be more favorable to doomsday um either with bans or like with the shift in the meta i know you said that and i i think i agree that you know grixis control miracles these these sort of like um hard control decks will eventually take a soft um hold on the format uh, in the near future whether or not something um, can dethrone that to, remains to be seen, but I think we can both agree that at some point in the near future, these sort of hard control decks will, will kind of sit on top of the format. So do you think that there's, is that maybe the best place that um, Doomsday can be in? Do you think that there's, there's another sort of factor that we're not uh, thinking about? What, what do you think about the place in the meta for the future?
1: I mean, those, those formats are always pretty, do feel fairly favorable because the the, the release of Ren and Six from, from where kind of locked under um, means that we can probably start being maybe splash a third colour and splashing hmm. a third colour means we can probably get away with playing better interaction off our sideboard with say a bayou, abrupt decay and reveal of summer and we can start being able to play a better game against say miracles and that because do stay its biggest, it's biggest drawback is it's mana base it always has been because you're tr- a lot of the time you will have to also play around trying to just hard cast a Doomsday, not dark ritualing it. So you, if you're not fetching out your duels and you're trying to cast Ponders and Preordains, then you're just slowing down the amount of time that you want that you will have to be able to win the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and not not to so, interrupt, so, but I, I know when I was um, testing out well both of these decks, um, I was testing out um, Esper Mentor. And my uh, roommate at the time was testing out Team America. That sort of seemed the biggest hamper on both of those decks for the mana base. Where it's like, at least for I can test to attest to Esper Mentor. Where it was like you wanted black for Thoughtseize and you wanted white for Swords of Poxers in your hand, and you wanted blue for the Turn One Ponder, and you wanted double black for him to on turn on Turn Two, and you wanted white at least by Turn Three to have Mentor. It was like all these things that didn't really line up with the way the mana base actually worked.
1: No, that that, that sounds it it, it works close it almost doesn't work with Doomsday, but it does just enough. Mm -hmm. So because because Badlands is a card. Like that's what that's what gets away with it, because you can fetch a Badlands and a basic island a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. I know know I know that was
1: Badlands Badlands or Swamp.
0: Yeah. For for Mentor that was sort of the thing was like it was just a bigger Delver deck. But Dover also just played Wasteland, so you kind of just got got by it sometimes. Yeah.
1: No, I can see that. I can see that. That
0: sounds. That sounds about. It. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, I, I know, um, I know when Eli, um, talking about goblins, uh, mentioned goblins is is has an incredible record against miracles, so he would love it if miracles kind of sat on the format for a while. And I can Absolutely. also Absolutely. attest to that. I don't think I've ever beaten. I don't think I've ever won a match against uh goblins playing miracles so what do you um what do you think is probably like your your worst case scenario let's say like maybe hard control doesn't sit on the format like maybe we think it does maybe it's sort of like uh grixis delver or maybe reanimator comes in real hot like what do you think is probably like your worst case scenario and how how do you think the deck can adapt to that because you've already started adapting to renin 6 when renin 6 got banned and you were doing pretty well you're still 5-0-ing and stuff
1: yeah. Um. So yeah. No. Certainly. There were. There was the odd five o game put up. But um. <laughs> what's? <laughs> it was. It was. I, I. I. unfortunately actually really haven't had enough. To have much time to play much modo. Um. Over the past maybe, maybe couple three four months. So normally try and do streaming and that. But it's really been, really been tough just with life getting in the way because I got my own house and stuff. So it's. Been oh yeah.
0: Trust me. I've that. Been there. <laughs> Tiring.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. Time on. Time on. Time on magic I had to take a step back. Um, but, sorry, what was the question?
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think is sort of, like, your worst case scenario
1: for, like, how a meta right. Re-animated. would take place? Reanimator, because, because com- combo decks, I mean, they Storm, always one of its worst matches to been on Reanimator. And things like Ant sometimes would historically have played possibly even for Leyline of the Void in its sideboard, some variants would some wouldn't, obviously now it doesn't really happen, but that's Mm -hmm. almost exclusively because Reanimator just gets you and it gets you so good Um, like you, you just don't have the sideboard slots to facilitate interacting, so you've got to try and hope on your speed, and unfortunately Doomsday doesn't quite have the speed required um, it, it, it wants to be a grindy combo deck, kind of like how High Tide can be a grindy combo deck. It's got yeah, a very good turn four win rate, but turn one, turn two, it's it's it can be a bit of a stretch. Mm. Um, so Reanimate is definitely a a one a deck that would be painful to come up against. But I feel because of the nature of Legacy and people wanting to play blue cards, that is an unlikely thing to see happening. But, I could, but it's sure, it certainly be possible.
0: Um, no, I I think you're right. It's probably a also, little bit unlikely. But I, I think that I was surprised at the lack of Reanimator for the past few major Legacy events. I was, I was sort of surprised that Re-Animator wasn't, Reanimator wasn't really there. And I felt I don't know the matchup personally, but I felt like versus Rug it had a pretty favorable matchup. And I know versus Storm has a very favorable matchup. So it was kind of weird that the they major, never really popped up. The major
1: difference I've noticed with. For, for for decks is that the Rug decks and the Delver decks playing six forces puts them to about a 55% chance of having a Force blue card in their mm.
0: opener. I guess you're right so about that, yeah.
1: So when it's when it's dominating a format like that, you even if you're on the play, you are statistically unlikely to have a turn one in the clear, which, yeah. never the, which has never been the case before. So I can see that as being a large impact impact on it and then so it wants to try and take a turn two but at the turn two they've already got spell pierce and daze and the forces up as well so I can see how that could possibly fall behind mm. um, force of negation really has swung delver's combo matchup in, in that way I mean I'll still jam a turn one in the blind on game one because not everyone's going to be on that
0: <laughs> right right
1: and it averages out over the format that it's still in your favour yeah, but so certainly the games two and three, and then after their sideboard options as well. No, it, 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 I can I can I can see how that's how Reanimator would not have have been as well positioned, despite looking like a deck that does just getcha.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do um, you have any um, sort of like um, cards that are on the shelf that you might be sort of interested in? bringing back say Reanimator you know your worst nightmare comes into play or maybe um, Team America sort of um, you know makes a big resurgence <laughs> right right yeah. do you have any uh, cards sitting on the shelf that might be you, you mentioned maybe splashing a third color you know you got Veil of Summer that might help a little bit with both of those matchups
1: um no certainly Veil of Summer uh, seems like an incredible card and I've, I, I've I've got my foil play set just in case for, for when, I, when I just want to want to take an easy mode and place some ant
0: um,
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but generally that sort of that sort of that sort of deck choicing doesn't feel like the best decision um against against those matchups you're much better to just just thought seize them out and and take and strip them down and one for one and try and play a grindy game like that and then adding in these extra things Especially, especially against ones that pressure mana base like Team America,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where, um, where adding a fourth color like that would would really, really be far too detrimental. Right. Um, the uh, I, I would probably say Team America operates on a similar axis to greatest control, and then I would imagine it's probably. I haven't. I'll be honest. It's it as it's not the the most commonly played deck i haven't really got much data to support it um but i would feel it would be fairly favorable for
0: yeah yeah it, it's definitely That's a enough. deck that i've i've read about at least on the legacy subreddit and then i've, I've talked with a few people about it. it people are really high on this deck because it allows you to play it, it's basically dark oko delver <laughs> you know you get to play delver even if you don't flip it you get to make it a three three you know, you get to play Oko, so you always have food, so you have a really good aggro or, like, like um, that kind of matchup burn and whatnot. People that want to kind of, you know, or even people that want to uh, chip you out like Maverick or whatever. You still have really good matchups versus those. It also gives you access to Ass Blast and Abrupt Decay. Uh, Abrupt Decay is great some Miracles, obviously Counterbalance, and then you have Veil vale of Summer in the board. Yeah, that does sound like a lot of
1: versatility and uh, mm-hmm. power to just kind of fight
0: fight a lot of things that, but but i, I guess you, you're yeah, kind of saying that good
1: point. i'm glad death right's not in that deck yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and,
0: and i guess you have a good point that sort of the way to take those decks you know you're i guess maybe not your reanimators because if you lose the coin flip you just kind of lose to it but you're sort of maybe um, your chalice decks your uh your show and tells your delvers is to qu- sort of pack up on this hand disruption package and sort of kind of eke it out and see what you can do and exactly. and land like, a frenzy after you've thought seized them or something.
1: Yeah, no, no, you've got you've got you've hit the nail on the head there. If you can if you let a deck like a format like a deck like Team America just start to do what it wants to do and grind away at the game, then yeah, of course you're not gonna not gonna win. But that's 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 why why the deck is built to be able to be explosive. You don't wanna let it take a hold of the game. And, like, you don't... The same way that you don't want to let Miracle set up Counterbalance, Jace, and whatever else they've got in hand. Because <laughs> right, right. you're just never winning those games despite how much you can try. Um... So... And, and and I know I said that you can have, like, good or bad, like, blue matchups. And generally, decks like this do have a pretty favorable blue matchup. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's... It's the... It's, it's the format it's the decks that prey on the format itself like chalice decks like right. animated decks like D&T that are probably the biggest hamperer to you because and those those are the ones that, that kind of scare me I can, and like obviously DNT's come back come back mm-hmm. the hard way <laughs> yeah so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's um, so that's so I, I I had cut all my massacres from my sideboard I was relying on a fatal push as my like main sideboard in for D Oh um, God! So, so like, <laughs> because because it just didn't matter, and if it w- and I bring it in against enough other format, uh, enough other pieces of the format. Mm.
0: Um,
1: but now I'm gonna have to really consider things like that, and my Skyboard's gonna be more stretched. Um, I have been looking at Sahili from War of the Spark because she just seems... like even if I lose pieces like a. Like my doomsdays, if they get surgically extracted because the first one gets counted, for instance, mm-hmm. then it's it's a pretty pretty terrifying prospect to not have a way to win the game. But if I'm just casting non-creature spells off the top of my deck with a frenzy, and Sahili's making a one-one for every LED and every lotus petal and brainstorm and ponder that I cast, then mm-hmm. I, I can have fifteen power quite quite quickly. Yeah. And so so that's. That's been something that I've really wanted to try and test. Um, it's it may it may be the perfect time now, um, especially whilst the format is is still in kind of the rubber banding phase of jumping back from the bannings.
0: Mm-hmm. As it, as it tends to do.
1: But there's there, there's as, there's so many ways you can try and take the deck, and it's it's so almost un, under tested that it's this this is this is the fun of it Mm. we're we're trying to pioneer pioneer a deck where not only is legacy never really been in a in a place like this before but neither was what we've been doing
0: yeah so it's
1: so as i said at the start like the only reason we we kind of started playing with um experimental frenzy is because it's because one of one of the guys just got drunk and thought he'd have fun with it, and now it's <laughs> probably the best version the deck has ever been.
0: Yeah, yeah, those are the, um, the the sort of best things, and I guess we have sort of two challenges to the the form, you know, frenzy and then um, tendrils versus collective brutality. Those are sort of the things that I really like hearing about, and one of the things that I hope everybody listening likes hearing about because we've had this sort of makeup with both of the the um, the decks I've talked about so far in, in Goblins and Mav. There's been sort of this, there's been this something. There's been this event that happened, and then all of a sudden the deck is looked at in a different way, and it's been a lot better because of that. And and I, man, dude, I live for that shit. That shit's awesome.
1: <laughs> no, I find it, it it's, it's unfortunate to admit that the deck probably well. The deck has a lower power level than Ant, I would say. Um, it has a good Ant matchup because it has more cantrips, more hand attack, and probably more action than Ant, but it has a lower power level. So if you want to, if you just want to play a comp- the most competitive Storm deck, that like, and you're trying to just spike everything and be basically be Cyrus Corman Guild, then 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 maybe Doomsday isn't. But if you want to more than just a pet project but kind of like a love story about it then, then this is this is this is what this is kind of how i feel with with doomsday
0: yeah yeah and you can definitely just stick to as as this series has sort of exemplified you can really stick to this one deck and and you can do really well because you just you just know the ins and outs of it you know it so well um you can really dedicate a lot of your time to a deck that might be considered subpar but uh, i think Eli in our first episode said it perfect perfectly you're doing it for the love of the game you're doing it to make this beautiful game um which you don't you, you might not necessarily I'm not saying that you know ant or tess or miracles or whatever they don't produce that but maybe they don't produce that for you so um doomsday seems to sort of scratch that it's for you and you know um maybe a scratch that it, it's for somebody else um, listen to this podcast So with that If you could give me I think you've already Sort of nailed it up But if you could give me Like maybe Your Your few sentence Your 30 second um, Elevator speech Your pitch To why somebody Should play this deck um, you, you know it, it, I know I've kind of Put you on spot With this one But if you could give <laughs> me that You know Sort yeah, of like Why someone should play it Really quickly Maybe you could uh, tell, tell the people Listening to this podcast Right now
1: It's 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 a difficult deck. It's challenging. You you have to think. You can't play autopilot because that's what makes you lose. And that's that's what that's what I love about the deck. The deck gifts you some of the most beautiful games and it's the cool factor of it. And you like the people casting Doomsday are the coolest people in the room. Stephen Menengian said that in his book about Doomsday, and it's and he couldn't have been more right even though there was some other stuff that was wrong there but never mind uh (laughs) and (laughs) um and it's it's just busted magic and if that's not for you that's not for everyone but it's certainly something you you have to try out if you enjoy combo and and casting dark rituals i guess is there's there's not much like that in legacy besides besides doomsday
0: yeah definitely one of the highest power level dark ritual decks that there is in legacy um definitely a good deck if you just like storming off even if you're a big fan of like a uh, sneaking show it will still sort of scratch that it's for three three mana sorcery speed spells that win you the game but um with that james i really appreciate you um coming on talking with me about the deck if you have any like uh, what you know, your Twitter, your Twitch. Now you mentioned that you you streamed a lot more, but you might be get back into it once you get settled. If you have any sort of information you would like the people to find you at, go ahead and uh, give that to me now.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I am Ape of Justice, one word on basically everything. Um, so Twitter, uh, Twitch, YouTube. Um, I don't really use Twitter that much. It's more just like kind of an outreach and find people on it and listen to what's going on in the community. Um, but people want to come along and hang out on a stream that's great um i mean quite a few discords and different things and chatting away sometimes hiding in the background but um i'm always always up for chatting about magic and and love to have more people come along and, and talk to me with it as well
0: yeah and uh i don't know if you would be open to anybody asking about the doomsday subreddit or maybe not subreddit um discord discord channel yeah, maybe somebody could uh tweet yeah, you can... about that discord channel
1: I mean, I, I don't know if the show notes. If you have show notes, I can le- I can give you a link for the yeah, uh, for an yeah, and, that'd be great. Uh, advert, the um, for the Discord straight into the, for the show notes and uh, yeah, and if people want to join along, we'll. I mean, the more the merrier. We always want to get more people trying to play the deck and and get it as far as 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 clean and smooth as we can. Yeah, yeah, that's always so, um, the goal. There's also there's also the DDFT wiki, which is. In slow progress since the probe ban, which I know was over a year ago. But but it's still being worked on and updated towards the uh, experimental frenzy era of our lives. So, slow um, and study wins that, the right. DD- <laughs> <laughs> that's the D- that's at DDFT.wiki. Um is the website for that.
0: Okay, well I think that about does it, unless you have anything else you'd like to talk about.
1: No, I think we've I think we've pretty much covered it perfect okay well
0: great yeah it seems like a, a really good wrap i appreciate you talking to me about um all the innovations in doomsday and coming on here and being really you know transparent about the deck and everything and um i hope everyone at home liked it we'll have one more episode like this next thursday uh for americans it's going to be on thanksgiving but i uh will have that up and you can give that a listen to. Um, if you like to listen to it this is on Spotify we're now on iTunes uh, most major podcast applications on your phone or on your computer whatever you like you can listen to it there or you can listen to it on the Anchor um, application you can listen to it uh, it is linked on the legacy subreddit you can listen to right on, uh, listen to it right on the um, post or you can go to anchor.fm archetype influencers but with that James for James um, and myself I thank everyone for listening and I hope easy to see you next time
1: thank you much